Welcome to the RSA Conference 2016 StoryCorps Podcasts. Please enjoy this conversation between Jim Bidzos and Bert Kaliski. Jim is president and CEO of VeriSign and was CEO of RSA Data Security from 1986 to 1999. Bert is senior VP and chief technology officer, VeriSign, and was founding scientist, RSA Laboratories from 1989 to 2006. Bert begins the conversation. It took a long time for the RSA algorithm, the uh, brand behind this conference, to go from theory to practice, almost 20 years from the time it was invented until the uh, relatively wide deployment. Uh, There were many companies we wanted to do business with who had their own solution, so we had to convince them to adopt what we believed was a better one, ours, and then we had to get them to agree to standards, as you know, because you led much of that effort. And um, then we also had to fight the government. And um, there was um, more of that than I ever would have thought early on. I did sort of, you know, propose a plan in 1986 that amounted to not trying to really build chips or products, but, you know, let's build software that can be embedded in something else because you could really see encryption as something that would become part of a, a, a larger product. I remember my, my experience in 1989 joining um, RSA Data Security, seven employees at that point. You know, we were a small band of optimistic, uh, excited, you know, wide-eyed youngsters out doing something, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think at some point we began, we began to realize that we had a very good chance to succeed and, and that we would play a really important role in the evolution of sort of a network society, that security would be part of it. And then one thing led to another. There was a 1993 conference that was a little bigger than 94, 95. And wasn't it said at one time that maybe you should leave uh, the software business and just get in the conference business? It was going I so well. I think the joke was that um, yeah. this encryption stuff is starting to interfere with our conference business. Right. sort of the joke that we used. It sounded like it was an annual important event that you needed to be at. And in fact, it had been thrown together very quickly. But it was a direct result of sort of sensing that our success, um, licensing Microsoft Sun and others, putting together standards, starting to get some people in Washington um, concerned maybe, getting their attention. We saw um, language coming out of the U.S. Senate that basically said that encryption had to be used in a very controlled way. Um, We saw uh, publications coming out of Washington that were in sort of um, Uh, were completely different than the de facto standards that we had helped bring about. And so um, how do you deal with that when very large and powerful forces um, are sort of doing things that are designed to make you irrelevant? Uh, The answer was, you have a conference. I invited NIST and NSA, and they expressed concern that they might, uh, the audience might be hostile to them, and I jokingly provided hard hats, which I put under their seats, and and they willingly, jokingly put them on, and that started it off with a lot of laughter, and I think it just sort of broke the ice, and and we had a really nice exchange of ideas. By 98, we had about Mm 5,000 people, and it just grew from there. We we had uh, access to people who who wanted to talk about this, people who had expertise, policymakers. Uh, We also had the um, RSA factoring challenge in those early days because uh, although the the algorithm itself had been published in the the 70s, uh, still there was not a consensus that the algorithm was secure, that factoring was a hard problem. Uh, So that was important too, wasn't it, to be able to get people I to still remember the day that. that you and I took our PC with a yeah. hardware board in it and a noise diode on it to provide a good source of random bits, 
and uh, rented some secure facility up the hill in Belmont and yes. uh, went in there and generated all of these RSA factoring challenge numbers and discarded the prime so that, because uh, we were going to post these for people to break and pay lots of money to people who did. But yes, um, you know, that was something that um, I think Ron maybe suggested it at one point that it, it would be a good thing to do. And then, uh, but I had complained a lot that, um, that uh, some of our customers were questioning, you know, what the appropriate key size would be for their applications. If they needed to keep data secure for three years or five years or 10 years. And um, there were questions about whether RSA was as secure as, uh, as, as mathematicians claimed. And right. so- So we needed to calibrate it. We needed to uh, give And we also had claims, um, there was occasional email that came in from someone, <laughs> or maybe in those days there was an occasional letter. Or phone call. <laughs> phone call that said, I have a way of breaking your algorithm. I, uh, and if you give me money, I'll show you how. I got and about we, a dozen of those yeah. calls, maybe somewhere yeah. between half a dozen and a dozen of people yeah. who said, yeah. I've developed a, a very efficient way to factor large composite right. numbers. I've not published it. And uh, if you'd like to buy my you know, idea, uh, I'll sell it to you. Right. And this would be a great way of saying, uh, that's wonderful. I'm excited. Just go to our website and go... Uh, break some of the RSA challenge numbers and we'll be happy to write you a check. Right. And as I recall, we required that people disclose precisely the technique that they used to, to factor the numbers. And then they also had to um, sort of in MIPS years, tell us what kind of computing resource That's they right. used. Because I thought uh, maybe it was uh, Arjen Lenster or someone that sort of pioneered a distributed processing technique. That's one of the first times I remember that anybody had used the internet as sort of a, a large computer That's using right. all these distributed resources because the, the factorization problem lent itself so well to that. Oh, but that's right, and, and as a result, many research papers were published specifically around the challenges that came from, okay. um, from, from this process uh, to improve the state of the art and ultimately give the confidence uh, that the algorithm was so as, you, as you got as we to, uh, you got to do all the things that um, you were doing when you were a student, and, and you got to continue the research. You published a lot of papers. It's a good experience, <laughs> starting back. <laughs> Well, 20, I 25 you know, or more years ago, We, we couldn't have done it without yeah. you and your efforts, and uh, it's just one of those great yeah. cases where something yeah. you loved doing and you had spent years yeah. training to do, suddenly there was a place where yeah. you could do it in a small company and yet have a huge impact. It's been a, a, a privilege. It's been a great opportunity to take these gifts of technology and apply them, uh, and we see all around us the impact that RSA has had on our connected digital world. I think this is something we talked about yeah. a lot in the very early 90s. I would uh, sort of remind everybody in the company that what we were doing was important and exciting right. because someday this technology is going to be everywhere. Right. We should also uh, take it quite seriously that we, we have a responsibility to do this right. It's true for the conference and it was true for RSA. Thank you for listening to this RSA Conference StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by RSA Conference with interviews recorded by StoryCorps a national nonprofit whose mission is to provide Americans of all backgrounds and beliefs with the opportunity to record, share, and preserve the stories of our lives. www.storycore.org